is it like this? Instead of hate, it should be love, we invite it. You don't agree, then you're the problem that we're fighting. Open up your mind, stand up, become righteous. Why? Why is it like this? Instead of hate, it should be love, we invite it. And that is how we begin. Welcome to our Autism Awareness episode featuring the amazing cat, long-time friend, a live studio audience for this. So, are you feeling relaxed? Are you ready? I am. I'm ready. Excellent. I'm very glad to finally have you here on a podcast. I'm excited. this for many years, haven't we? Yes, definitely. So, we say many years, but how many years have we been friends? say about 14 14 years 14 years when george was a baby well that's just thinking that is literally the age of the students that i teach and yep. your son so yep. 14 years of friendship when we first met you've got two kids yeah you now have four children in total i do <laughs> and when we first met the two youngest were what one and two yeah george and esme and um we're going to begin by talking about um the beautiful Esme um, and her autism and how her autism has impacted on her life and also um, on the whole family's life and your life as an individual and as a a mum. So let's begin right at the start then because Esme was really young when they did the diagnose her, did they suspect? We uh, started to suspect when we had her routine hearing check. Okay, as a baby. As a baby, she was about one and a half. Uh, they had the, and she was going backwards. So everything okay. she was processing in, she all of a sudden went backwards. Ah. And we started questioning. Yeah. And I mean, I've heard that kind of, that um, scenario before where they start to babble, start yeah. to hit these milestones, start yeah. to yeah. progress how you'd expect. And yeah. then it suddenly stops or reverts. Yes. Um, so when I first came on the scene, Esme was two, yeah. full of energy, yeah. full of beans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Never ending energy. Yeah, and non-verbal. But did you know at that point, the kind of extent, where were you at in your journey when I came onto the scene? It was all new to me. Everything was a research. We researched everything mm-hmm. we could get our hands on. Um, and was there a lot did you find there was a lot there was yeah there's definitely more now obviously because more things being studied but mm-hmm. there was still a lot of information back then and i was grateful for that information yeah definitely because it was so alien to me did you find then that you were supported by the oh, health services and things? did they give you the right direction yeah, from, to look from the get-go as soon as esme got the diagnosis the balls rolling she had a special needs nursery she had a therapist come to the house and do special. I remember the play therapist which when they were great. on the scene. It was really good. It helped with her eye contact and getting to do her hand movements and stuff like that. Just mm-hmm. doing routine little plays, which helped her. Yeah. So we're talking Esme's 15 now, 16 yeah. this year. Yeah, crazy. Wow. Yeah. I know. <laughs> where is that time going? So we are talking, you know, over 10 years ago when you were um, first time mum to Esme. Yeah. And with a little toddler as well, because yeah. George was uh, born quite soon afterwards. Yeah. So your hands must have been totally full. It was. <laughs> Understanding like these new milestones that weren't the expected. Yeah. No, I, just, I definitely had different milestones to what other people would have had at her age. Yeah. And she had a lot more challenges. We, uh, it was always a fight with Esme because she was very independent. Right from the off. Right from the off. Always wanted to do things her way. Like, if you didn't do it her way, 
it won't get done. So <laughs> in a way, it was routine almost... was the best thing that ever happened for me. And did she find her routine and you had to kind of work yeah. around that? Oh yeah, definitely. Mm. Without a doubt. One of the biggest things I remember is how little she slept. Yeah. Two hours a night. Yeah. I'd be lucky if I get two hours. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like no exaggeration in no, terms of... No exaggeration. I was running off fumes. Well, you used to drink so many energy drinks. I did. I'm so glad <laughs> I drink. I don't even drink caffeine at all now. Yeah. <laughs> at all. Yeah. And we'll come on to that when we speak. we'll kind of bring your migraines and your experience into yeah. it um, soon. But... So she wasn't sleeping uh, very much at all. And did you know that was going to be something expected with the autism? Not at first. Um, but I think when, like, she was always a really tough one to get to sleep anyway. Even yeah. when she was a newborn, we, we would be walking the streets in a pram trying to get her to sleep. Mm, mm. And we'd be lucky, like I said, if we'd get more than two hours. Yeah. And it, she could run off that all day and then not be tired. And that is the difference, isn't it? It's not, she's... It's not that she was like trying to sleep and couldn't sleep. She yeah. just didn't need that amount yeah. of sleep. And then yeah. you guys still did need that yeah. amount of yeah. sleep. Exactly. So absolutely exhausting. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that comes to mind is that time when your um your shop had come. Yep. That time. <laughs> and then you'd all gone to bed. So talk us through that incident. Okay, so this is when she was still really young, when mm-hmm. she was about two. Um we did the shop, went to bed. The online shop had arrived, you'd yeah, put it away. Put it away. Uh, we went to bed. She was asleep. I, you know, I'm you, a light sleeper, so I do usually, like, wake up if yeah. I hear her in the middle of the night. And I, I said, I'm a light sleeper. Yeah. But, um, you must have been particularly zonked. Yeah, I must have been not, particularly <laughs> tired that night. And I got up in the morning, and everything we had bought the day, night before had been eaten. She had literally opened every single thing she could find. And eaten them. And lot. eaten them. Even if she didn't like it, she still opened it and tried it. <laughs> so the whole lot got wasted. That's when our house began the journey of being Fort Knox, mm-hmm. basically. Locking everything up because it wasn't just the foods in the cupboards. It was running taps in the bathroom, plugs in, flooding, yeah. that kind of thing. So, yeah, and like obviously like we didn't want to get in a, injured or anything as well, so... Yeah. We had to make our house Fort Knox and make sure the keys were never left in the door, everything, because... Well, even, didn't you have um, number code of locks eventually? Because you started off having keys, yeah. then it was losing the keys. You're trying to put the keys yeah. out of we each of the... we tried different locks all the time. Yeah. She, she even tried figuring out to use the key locks at one point. Yeah, that was the other <laughs> thing, wasn't it? So yeah. like any, any adaptation had to constantly be adapted yeah. because Ez would work out how to overcome yeah, exactly. that. Exactly. And so it was always one hurdle after the other. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing, like you said about running taps and the mischievous side of things. Yeah. I mean, but she'd run a hot water tap and for us it'd be scolding, but for her she'd she wouldn't even think. Ah, so she wouldn't she it could was, act, yeah, she could, have, could actually injure herself. So it was always having to be really careful with things like that. Yeah. Like, and the same with her showering. Like I have, have to be to careful that it's not yeah, it's not too hot for her because she, she would literally stand under freezing cold water or really, really hot water. And that's because of her sensory the yeah. differences yeah. in her sensory yeah. processing. Yeah. So yeah. she's um hypo, yeah. not hyper yeah. sensitive when it comes she's, to the amount of times she's tripped over her own feet and fell head first and smashed her head mm. and just got back up and just shrugged it off and walked away. Like most children would cry their eyes yeah. out like and kind adults. of thing. And she's like, <laughs> Yeah, and adults yeah. and like 
not Esme. She's. I mean, I've seen those. Mid still, my ears. Yeah. <laughs> Once or fair, she's always been my my super girl. Super and I mean, strong. This, but this is the thing, isn't it? It's like she'll cause herself injury through frustration. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like so, it's a sensory stimulating, sensory seeking activity, but yeah. also it's, um, it's also self harming. Yeah, because she's frustrated. So you time. went for a stage of like head butting mm-hmm. and head banging. I lost my tooth once. Completely lost my tooth. She gave me nosebleeds, her she, eyes. She, but it wasn't because like she was doing it intentionally. It would be just because of the way her body flopped a certain yeah. way, and mm-hmm. I just missed it. And like I said, she's she's yeah, so into yeah, she's yeah. like a big, strong, heavy girl. I mean, that's the, the thing. Even she's when she was always, a toddler, she's always yeah. had that build. physique. Yeah, that physique. My uh, Amazon girl. Yeah, that's what it was. Always. Amazon uh, yeah. queen. Super strong. Super yeah. strong. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mean, that's another thing. I remember when we'd sit in your kitchen and the the um the gate would be in place in between the yeah. front room and lifting a whole body. Yeah, up, like, elegantly lift her legs over. Like the, the way this girl worked her muscles was insane. And I just started my pole dancing journey, so it was like I understood the kind of <laughs> the strength. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, wow, this girl is strong. She was. Um, and I mean, going back to the thing with the imaginary play, so she doesn't, uh, well, didn't and still doesn't, would you say as a teen, does she occupy herself or is it kind of hyper-focusing on special interests? She or... likes a, a super sensories or like anything fidgety. Mm-hmm. She likes a, a kinetic sand, Play-Doh. Yeah. Anything she can messy play with. Um, she does do a lot of painting at school. She loves painting. Yeah. And she loves baking as well. She likes to cook. So and, she um... does have things, but they're all... Sensory based yeah. activities. Yeah. But as long as that's what is her niche, that's her niche. Well, and I'm, and I'm just thinking as a toddler, you were doing all of this blind. Yeah. You know, it's we're it sitting here a, yeah. reflecting on a kind of 16 year yeah. journey so yeah. far. The amount of times, the amount of things we've tried with her to see if it would be her niche kind of thing. Yeah. Do you, know so, really? do you think that's one of the kind of big things to do is to. Always, just always, find. Yeah, oh yeah, always introducing new stuff to Esme. Yeah, until because you, you, you like. Yeah, exactly, because you just never know. Does she... I never like think, oh, I shouldn't get that Es because she won't like it or she won't play with it. I'll think, yeah, mm. maybe, I think she might like it because it'd be singing or there's lights yeah. on it or something like that. And she's very repetitive, especially with toys that have singing and lights on. She'll play that song over and over. Yeah. And it'll be joy for her. It'll yeah. make her extremely happy, so... And she does like music, doesn't yeah. she? You know, yeah, she's always... and she's massively musically based. Yeah. She does dance therapy at school, so she does a dancing to the music at school, mm-hmm. and she absolutely loves that. She's been doing that since she was little. Yeah. So she's been doing that a very long time. And, I mean, going back to her as a young toddler and and right up to, you know, five, six years old and things like that, that was kind of like one of the times when your connect, your physical connections really grew because you'd get her hands and you'd be dancing together in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so her love of music and a love of dancing. I mean, it was like you would always have your music on when you're doing your cleaning, yeah, so she'd yeah. like kind of come over yeah. and then eventually start dancing together. My kids together. have no choice with my music. <laughs> <laughs> she's definitely got her own favourites, yeah. hasn't she? Well, when, it, when Esme's got her iPad and she's playing her songs, it's from every single era. Like, the girl could be a DJ if she wanted to. Yeah. That's the way I always see it. It says, one day, Des, you might be a DJ. Yeah, because she's oh, got gosh. such an eclectic yeah, mix, like, yeah, taste she, of music. And they're so good, the songs that she likes anyway, from every era, yeah. every genre of music as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, nothing surprises me as well with Esme. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, nothing surprises me. She always finds something. <laughs> so, fasting forward kind of thing. So, we've got Esme as a toddler. Um, and then, 
you go. I mean, the journey continues anyway. Yeah. Even you know all of the yeah. years through all of the years. And then, how old was Ez when you you had uh, Hatter? Ez, uh, she was just turned eleven. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and Hattie is five now. Yeah. So you'd got um, Esme and George at 11, 10 and 11 and then you fall pregnant um, with Hattie my, my miracle baby yeah, yeah. Um, I mean I remember you were going through all that treatment in the hospital absolutely nothing to do with um, pregnancy yeah. or falling pregnant or anything like that and then next thing you know Bob's your uncle yeah. <laughs> there's a baby in there yeah. <laughs> so um, and I was having another girl and I was blissfully happy <laughs> yeah so do you want to elaborate a little bit more on that then having another girl like and um, with Esme like don't get me wrong, I love my girl. I, I She's unique. Yeah. She's perfect the way she is. I'd always had a little niche of my, like, idea of, like, a girly girl. Yeah, of course. Kind like, of, like, dolls. And... Yeah, you know, you, you just do, don't you? Yeah. Like, a girly girl and a boy who likes football and yeah, yeah. wrestling and all that stuff. But she was never into girly stuff. Yeah. Ever. Not one girly and, thing she liked. And, you know, yeah. that was fine and that's who she is and... There's nothing wrong with that, and I love that for that. She, yeah, yeah. So we've had to. It was like, yeah. right, let's see what we get. Is yeah. she going to be yeah. a girly girl she's, this time? She's definitely a girly girl. Yeah, <laughs> she loves her dogs. Oh yes, <laughs> she definitely does. So Hattie, at what age? So Hattie is also um, autistic, and we're on the uh, process of getting a diagnosis. Yeah, yeah. Process of getting diagnosed. Um, five years old. She's. Currently attending mainstream, but with a one-to-one support, isn't she? Yeah. And doing absolutely fantastic. But yes. before we kind of go straight to that point, when when did the suspicions arise with Hattie? Was it in the back of your mind? It was always at the back of my mind. I yeah. think after Esme and, like, George was never diagnosed, so George was fine. But after Esme, I, it was always at the back of my mind because it, it's just one of those things. Sometimes it runs in girls and families and mm-hmm. it running boys and families. So I, I, I always kind of knew it might be there. Yeah. So I never like... Yeah, you weren't worried. Yeah. Kind yeah, of thing, yeah. yeah. So I always knew. And there were certain things that I saw that made me think and wonder. Yeah. So obviously, I, what I, the knowledge I have now compared to what I had when Esme was being diagnosed is completely different. Yeah, I know more about it. I can see the signs. Mm-hmm. I see signs in other people now, yeah. and other children. <laughs> Which so is like, brilliant because so I pick talk. it up wherever I go yeah. now. Like yeah. it's it's just my superpower now, I suppose. But um, I like that. Yes, yeah, so, I, like <laughs> I do. Like yeah. I, I see it. I just pick it up. But Hattie's different. She's she's the other end of the spectrum. Well. Wheel. We say, so yeah, so yeah. we were talking earlier about the kind of spectrum itself as being a circular yeah. um, visual. Yeah. And then you've got your chunks where you've got um, problems with the processing or how you um, engage socially and how you communicate and all the kind of areas. And everybody's got their own unique plot yeah. on this uh, spectrum. So if we see it like that, something where um, Esme struggles to communicate for example still now at 15 is cussed as non-verbal yeah Hattie on the other hand is showing completely different kind of signs when it comes to her communication isn't yeah, she yeah her, her communication is different she still um needs speech and language mm-hmm. she's starting to say things in sentences but she's had she had such a vocabulary of words yeah at such a young age but they were random, like, or were they? Yeah, they were random words like eighth apple, beef, banana. She would know all of that. Yeah. At two years old, like A, B, C, D, like just doing it all 
reciting it over and over. Mm-hmm. Her numbers and seconds, her numbers are even more. Yeah, well, she loves like, her numbers. She's always singing numbers. Yeah. <laughs> Wherever she, if, if, if there's numbers on the street, she's singing the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so, uh, yeah, her, her speech and language is different and, like, she can ask for things and answer questions and yeah. follow instructions a lot better than what Esme could. So, yeah, it's diff- definitely different, but there's also definitely the signs are definitely there. Yeah, yeah, and those similarities yeah, are, are yeah, there. Yeah. Um, and sensory-wise then, yeah. what would you say, um, would you say that Hattie is super sensitive to certain things? Yeah, she's definitely super sensitive to loud noises. Yeah. She don't like loud noises. She'd rather not. If there's too many people, she'll take herself away. Yeah. And Esme's the same. She's like, she would take herself away if it's too many people. Yeah. Gets easily yeah. overwhelmed yeah. by the presence. Noise is of... definitely a thing. Like at school, uh, the they did a fire alarm. Oh. And she hated it. It yeah. was horrible for her. She was screaming and it was just painful for her. Yeah. And obviously we never experienced an alarm before, so we didn't know she was going to react yeah. like that. And yeah. obviously the school didn't know she was going to react like that either. Yeah. And it was something they had to do. And that is something really worthwhile bringing to attention, actually, because we had a fire alarm recently and they came around and pop- popped their heads in all the classrooms and they let us know because our students are obviously, yeah. they're there for a reason. Yeah. Um, so they give you that pre-warning. Yeah. So they'll yeah. just say, there's going to be a test alarm, yeah. in le- lesson, whatever, just so you're prepared. And then one of my students disappeared and I'm like, where's she gone? Where's she gone? Looking for her. She's hiding in the store cupboard. Now, at first, this behaviour, but we've been so silly for but then it suddenly dawned on me. Yeah. She'd overheard us talking about this fire alarm yeah, and scary. thought, oh my Aww. goodness, yeah. And the, just knowing it was coming was so overwhelming, they took themselves away. So I think it's really worthwhile mm. pointing that out to schools that yeah, something as, as, as little... Yeah. I mean, it is quite uh, dramatic, but... It's, it's shocking at first, though. It makes you jump. Yeah, it's, it's like, not very nice. Especially for, like, little kids as well when they've never heard those kind of sounds. Yeah. They come from nursery to primary school. Yeah. And they've never heard a fire alarm. And you have got a sensitive hearing. <laughs> yeah. And then suddenly yeah. that's ringing away in your ears. No, 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 definitely. She also doesn't like assembly. Too too many people, too mm-hmm. loud, too many voices. It, it gets way, way overbearing. Yeah. So she ends up going to a reading corner with a key person and that mm-hmm. calms her down. And so. the school have been really great, actually, haven't School's they? fantastic. The... Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. They've gotten really used to her, her and her ways and she's slowly trying to follow yeah. the routine yeah, that the yeah. other children do. And the, the other children are so lovely to her. They're, they're all so lovely to her. <laughs> well, children haven't been taught to be judgmental yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, a lot of us would be... She's always the, more accepted. the first one out. Oh, bless. <laughs> ready and to go. Yeah, she actually she gets her bag ready. Yeah. And I mean, Esme loves school as well, yeah, doesn't she? Yeah, Esme loves school. If Esme doesn't have school, the whole world hears about it. Yeah, we, uh, had an unexpected strike day. Yes, not yesterday, and all day she screamed. She just was not happy. Yeah, she was like, I already had two days off last week. Yeah, because she was poorer, (laughs) and then the week before that they had two days off because of strikes, and then at the end of the month they've got Easter holidays. Oh, she's She's yeah, not impressed. (laughs) I've been trying to tell her, you do know you've got Easter holidays coming soon, as well. And I think (laughs) in school, (laughs) this is the thing for you as a parent that lack of knowing. Being able to comfort her and being able to check, are you okay? Yeah. That is like potentially yeah. probably yeah. one of yeah. the. I'm pretty good at reading Esme's body language. Yeah, without like, a doubt. Yeah, and I can like, I can just tell by the look on her face sometimes, like when she's in a, a happy, joyful mood and yeah. she wants mummy to play with her and she wants me to come up and tickle her, she'll just look at me like this and she'll be like, 
Yeah, enticing it. Enticing me to come to her. And I'd be like, okay, you want some tickles? I think she'll give her that and she'll just laugh her head off and it's the most awful sound. Yeah. Well, I think the the lessons you can teach the world is that you don't need words to communicate. Exactly. Exactly. You've built this relationship. Exactly. We do a lot of eye contact, Nina's. Yeah. And you know what messages you're giving to each other and you have fun times and things like that. We make it work. I mean, I remember when um, I babysat for you years and years and years ago. I think you had gone... (laughs) God knows where you'd gone and but I was getting used to Esme's uh, noises and knowing which noises were her just she's playing kind yeah, of thing so yeah. it'd be the same kind of repetitive noise but if it maintained that tone yeah then that was just her playing but if the t- if the pitch changed in the slightest you would hear it yeah but I was like in and out checking and checking on her checking <laughs> she's all right checking she's all right because I just didn't trust my she hates that now though that, you know it's like I can literally do that once in the evening Oh, she'll just tell me off. She's like, yeah. go away, this is my time. Well, she, t- she tells me off if I turn up and expect it. And, you know, she's in the living room. Because yeah. now she's quite often in a bedroom, typical teenager. Kind oh, of yeah, but definitely. If I've turned up and expected before, she's had a real kind of moan about it and a grizzle about it. Yeah. And I'm like, sorry, Ezra. It's not just you, darling. It's yeah. not just you. No. So how... If any, then, do you think your parenting style differed between the two girls, the two experiences? I think I've just got a lot more understanding for Harriet's needs as I, because I've gone through it all with Esme and still going through it with Esme. Like, it's it's not something that ends. It's a never-ending mm. journey. Mm. So never, you always learn it. It's like the bed situation. Okay. Every year, we buy a new bed, new mattress, because Esme breaks them. Or she don't like them and she sleeps under them. Yeah. We bought a cask iron bed and a medical waterproof mattress that costs so much money for her to sleep under the bed. <laughs> and she's like, hmm, now what do we do? So now we're trying to work out another way of finding a more comfortable... Another solution. Yeah, another solution. So like that, like I said, there's always hurdles. And with Harriet, she has her own issues um, like I said, she has sensory issues. She has the same sleep issue where it takes her a long time to settle down and yeah. to switch off. So that's your other problem, actually, isn't trying to get her to sleep for school. It's yeah. just not quite sleep on command. Type yeah, thing. That, that kind of thing. She's not tired. So I wish I could just have a child that goes to sleep at half seven at night. That would yeah. be lovely. <laughs> sometimes. But it's not the case for me. Yeah. And you said sometimes it's three in the morning, isn't it, before yeah. she'll fall asleep. And then I'm up at six. Yeah. Every morning, so. And then you've still got to take Hattie to school, but kind of pass on that message to the staff. Yeah. She's not slept so much, she might be. Yeah, every day. Every day I give them a lowdown and then they give me a lowdown of how her day's been. So we're very communicative. There's a lot of communication. communication yeah. yeah. And that is like so helpful yeah because no, the message is getting passed no, on I'm, I'm glad that I can do that yeah I'd rather know what's going on <laughs> yeah so in terms of like parenting we don't know if we're going to get parents tuning in um is there like a supportive kind of message that you'd want to share I'd probably say one of the best things I've ever been told in my life was from my mum and it was really like hard for me to wrap my head around things when I when Esme was first getting diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Was tap all you've got to do is persevere. As long as you can persevere and keep going, everything will be fine. And I tell you what, that's the most honest, truest thing ever. Yeah, just that one. And it it foot relates in front of the to other. everything in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every little thing that happens to you, it will relate. Just persevere, and you'll. 
get through it. Yeah. In a way, you've got no other <laughs> and they, option. And that, exactly, I've got no other option. I've got two girls that have got two completely different needs and two completely different routines. Like Harriet's still learning her routine yeah. and her need, what she likes and what she doesn't like. Whereas Esme's setting her ways now and she's got a routine. And yeah. You've interrupted that routine. You will never near, hear the end of it. <laughs> but <laughs> other than that, um, yeah. So it is just, just don't give up. Like you've got to persevere. Like some days could be really, really hard. Like you know, I lost my tooth and it really affected my self confidence and yeah. made me feel really like sad and yeah, okay. and stuff like that. But in the end, I know it wasn't her fault and it was something that I could eventually get fixed. Yeah, kind of thing. And like eventually, like you just persevere and you just don't give up. You just yeah open the door to the next chapter of what's going to happen yeah so it's a different different story a different set of milestones a different journey definitely and i think that's something really um important to point out as well that um you go into parenting and nobody knows what to expect really you know they don't know what yeah you don't know what to expect so so one of my kids is different yeah exactly and they're all fantastic and (laughs) and they are the kind of perfect example of the spectrum oh, in yeah. the sense that yeah. they're not the same but they've got these similarities you know the shared areas of difficulty but it's not the same difficulty yeah, yeah. um and i mean partly going through this last kind of um 14 years together our own understanding of ourselves has developed as we've gone along as well hasn't it and it's become like one of our kind of special interests and shared yeah. passions yeah definitely. um autism in itself the understanding of it yeah um, and one of the things I'm really interested to discuss is this whole, so autism with Esme is that, in my mind, it's almost like the traditional sense of what we meant by autism. Yeah, what you see on TV. Yeah, like the extreme yeah. type yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and Esme um, is disabled in terms of she will never kind of have that. She has no sense of danger. Yeah. So you always have to be aware with Esme. Yeah. Your awareness of Esme has got to be alert. She'll always need a level of... Um, Supervision. Yeah. So even if you, she kind of had like <laughs> a, a little annex on the side of the house where she could yeah. eventually go on yeah. to live somewhat independently, yeah. she would still need that checking in yeah, and the regulation. Yeah, she still need like one-to-one, mm. right down. And that's that's kind of where I see autism first being recognised as, as a lot of people. But then now we've got this expansion of recognition and understanding of autism where us ourselves can relate a lot to the things that are on these spectrums yeah so i suppose what i'm trying to ask is as a parent to somebody that's disabled with autism kind of thing does it make you feel different or any way when i started being like well i'm autistic you know i relate to these autism traits yeah how does the spectrum kind of reflect on on you personally i personally think there's a little bit of autism in everyone. Mm. And I think that statement is so true. It says, every, every, like, for me, I have sensory issues. Like, I don't like bright lights. Yeah. I Hence our uh, yeah. quite subdued lighting in here. Yes. Yeah. It's lights. a sensory, we've, like, yeah. reacted to that sensory yeah. need. And actually, I much prefer this. I'm not very good in the sun. The mm. sun don't like me. But, um, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the sensory kind of thing we understand. No, so in terms of sorry, you what you said about being a bit of autism in everyone. Yeah, because like for, for example, I'm a, like you get people that are obsessed with I don't know Lord of the Rings or yeah. Harry Potter or anything like that, and they could get to the 
like when you see an autistic person obsessing over something, they have everything. Yeah. In pristine condition as well. Yeah, yeah. It's all beautiful and they've got it set out the way they visually want it to be set yeah, out yeah. and stuff like that. And for me, I I love movies and TV shows mm. and I, I've watched everything going. You've got those special I've got that information stuck in my head. And the, the, but the and thing I, is, sorry, sorry go on. I just wanted to say about in terms of you saying about um, everyone having a bit of autism because it's quite a controversial statement it is a controversial because obviously we also say about with the ADHD when people say well everyone's a little bit ADHD and I think what we need to point out there is that the autism and the ADHD aren't abnormal things no not at all they're regular human traits that are just kind of extremified if that's a word I'm not sure check that for me (laughs) is extremified a word some of the greatest minds in history (laughs) we'll make it a word if it can be used in a sentence it's a word some of the greatest minds in history have been autistic Tesla yeah Albert Einstein Leonardo DiCaprio yeah so many not Leonardo DiCaprio Leonardo da Vinci sorry yeah. well, no, I think <laughs> that completely threw me off I think yeah. he's on the ADHD yeah, yeah. so like well it's like a, ne- a necessary thing though. yeah yeah and I mean it's neurodiversity celebration week right now as we sit here some recording the top scientists of the world have autism mm. Mm. and it, you know they can specifically specifically put all their focus on one thing and be absolutely a genius. Yeah, like um, the complete hyper-focus in that. Yeah. And I think that's what you're highlighting there is those when um, these extremities kind of lead to breakthroughs, lead to scientific breakthroughs and progression. And and what we're starting to see historically is that it's the neurodivergence of the um, societies that create these kind of leaps forward. Um, But also, obviously the neurodivergence in society that are being um, not supported and not kind of, um, yeah, we're not building a society that recognises their strengths and their weaknesses. Oh, yeah. Um, So one of the messages then, or one of the questions that we wanted to put to you was um, what do you wish everybody just knew? So when it comes to autism awareness, and you're thinking of Esme as well, like, you know, what okay. do you wish that everybody out there... I wish everybody would understand that just because they have autism, they're not human. Yeah, they they're are. not people. Yeah. They all have feelings. They all have ears. Mm. They can hear things like, I know for a fact that Esme can understand a lot of what we're saying. Mm-hmm. And I know because of the way she reacts and the way, way, way she, like... yeah. Yeah. She, she can remember Responds things and responds to things. So, like, I'd never talk about Esme in front of her mm. like she wasn't there. Yeah. Because I know from research and other people that I've looked into who are non-verbal mm-hmm. and later on found a way of getting mm. their voice out, Yeah, like Carly Filchman, who typewrite yeah. her way was when she was 16 she started typing and that's how she ended up speaking to her parents for the first time when mm. she was 16 and you know um she expressed that she could hear everything what everybody was saying about her mm-hmm. when she was in the middle of the room yeah and that made me think twice it made me think oh maybe Esme can hear me then mm. maybe maybe we should be careful about what we're saying in front of her because she's still a person she's still got yeah. feelings yeah. just because she's not got a way to 
express or talk her feelings the way we would mm. doesn't mean that she doesn't have them. Yeah. So I have to remember that. Yeah, I know. And I wish other people would remember that as well. Yeah. Because just because they're having a meltdown in a supermarket because there's lights and noise and mm. it's too much for them doesn't mean they're doing something bad. It's just yeah. too overbearing and they need to just calmly get away from that yeah. bad situation. So I do wish people were a bit more understanding. But I do think over time... People have become more understanding. Yeah. I think there's been a lot more of it in TV shows and documentaries. Yeah, that's all, been all really helpful. That, obviously, social media's got so big now that mm. there is a lot more of a platform for it, and I'm yeah. very grateful for it. And yeah. I do wish that more people understood more. And that's the thing you're having to advocate for, Esme, mm. and... Um, in terms of that she can't say stop that or I don't want to do that. You're reading her and then being her translator, as it were. Exactly. Um, And also you mentioned about TV programmes and I want to say about um, Inside Our Autistic Minds that was on uh, BBC Two, I think it was, a couple of weeks ago. And it, if you've not watched it yet, check it out. Because in my mind, and I know you've been so, so busy and it's been on your to-do list to do. So <laughs> you're, good, do you're going to love it. Now, I can't wait to, to watch it. Yeah. It, and the reason that I like mention it as well is because there's a non-verbal um, lad on there. And I'm sure his name's Murray, but I keep second guessing myself now. But, um, but he's, his biggest message was, you know, that we have got, although we haven't got a traditional voice, we have still got those thoughts and we can hear you. We just can't actually process it all in time to yeah. formulate the words to come exactly. out of our mouths. Exactly. And that's the only part that's like kind of different in that, you know, the processing is still there. Yeah. And yeah. and actually, that is a massive eye-opener, isn't it? Because you you can very much quickly just think, oh, they don't understand. Yeah. And actually... Very quickly. Now, in that it's respect... Like the, 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 you'd think that about Hattie, but yeah. then Hattie, like can outshine you on most maths. Yeah. Like, you know, it shocks you. We've like, not mentioned her age. Yeah. For her age, for what she's doing in her numbers and her spellings and stuff like that is amazing. So it's almost like her memory. Yeah, her memory's amazing. Yeah. It's the speech that's dragging her back, mm. but she's slowly getting better. She is, the school's been amazing for her. And it's, it is that mismatch. This is what we find, isn't mm. it? It's like being extremely good at this, yeah. but extremely like poor at this kind of thing and it's like yeah. there's no kind of average in the in the middle no aren't, aren't not like neurotypicals like that though they have their strengths and their weaknesses yeah, yeah. how society welcomes that but I think it, it's the extremes though isn't it where they and not that I'm saying there's anything wrong with it I just mean it's harder I suppose it's harder to cater for yeah and that's why we provide this one size yeah. fits all because it's yeah. like let's yeah. just find the average and just hit that exactly and then if you were extremely bad at everything you'd probably find a bit of support and if you're extremely good at everything but if you're kind of got this mismatch which is where I feel like I fall with the ADHD thing sometimes I'm like striving in one thing and flailing in the other yeah yeah so you know maybe that's where society fails to recognize that that can that is absolutely a, a thing you yeah. know that we're not all well-rounded like <laughs> how you would like it to look. Exactly. Um, but yeah, Hattie with her numbers. So that was something that really impressed the teacher, wasn't it? When yeah. she was like, she's not communicating in a traditional way. No, but she, she don't was... like socialise with the other children. So no. if they're doing their 
their routine schoolwork, she would be doing something else. Yeah. And it's usually what she wants to do. <laughs> but recently, she's been following a lot of the routine and she's starting to write loads of different words. So, mm. like, she's been doing really, really well. Yeah. And her maths, like, she can sit there and do maths longer than any of the other kids. <laughs> so, <laughs> she makes me laugh. Always. Oh, bless her. And she loves her stickers. I know yeah. this because I'm a number blocks, number fan. The biggest number block fan ever. <laughs> And she has the other thing with Hattie as well that I'd like to mention is that she does do imaginary play. Yes. Which, which mm. is something that typically is not something that a lot of autistic with mm. autism and Esme don't do imaginary play. Yeah. So it's nice to see Hattie do that because, like I said, you have different. Yeah, the different yeah. spectrum of the wheel kind of thing. Do you find she occupies herself because she will imaginary play? Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. She's like, she loves it. Yeah, and I think that again is another thing to point out that when you're a parent and you're thinking there's something different about your child, you're perhaps trying to seek more information. One of the things that they do say for autism is that you won't see them doing all um, imaginary play, but. Yeah. Actually, that's like yeah. another myth kind of thing. Yeah, in that I think respect. so. Definitely. You, what, do you see Hattie line things up? Is she ever rigid with her play? She only lines things up when she wants them in or order. Or sorts them. When they're in order. So like the alphabet blocks. Oh, she'll put if them it, in. She'll yeah. put them in order. Yeah. The numbers, she'll put them in order. If mm. the jigsaw's out of place, she'll put it back into order. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Arthur's the same. He just the second. He's like, he does it too. It's so funny. <laughs> and they're both like singing the alphabet. So Arthur's like the youngest of the pack, isn't <laughs> yeah. he? And it's like yeah. there's four in total. Go. Girl boy, girl oh boy, boy, with yeah. like a 10 year age gap yeah. between the two. Yeah, I was very lucky. In, in a way, it's almost like the perfect itself. It's like, have to, have a go at it, <laughs> learn the ropes, write a rule book, then do it all over again and yeah. see if you can, like, oh blast God. it out this time. Yeah, <laughs> boss it. it, boss it out the wall. <laughs> Terrible. So, um, I don't know whether we've covered everything, I'm just trying to think. We've spoken about um, their different ages and we've spoken about their kind of like challenges and issues and our own. I mean, just coming back to us kind of thing as adults and autism awareness within adults. And you were were saying how you recognise it now more in other people. Is that just kids or do you see it in... Oh, adults as well. Yeah, definitely. Because the more I look at it, I think, wow. And you're doing a lot of research anyway. You're reading up about it. You're yeah, like, yeah. watching. Oh, yeah, definitely. I always get, my, my, my mother-in-law is always telling me what show is on. Yeah. <gasps> You've got to watch this show. It's, you know, I'm really good at watching the documentaries, but anything's like like a TV show about it, mm. it kind of, I can't watch it. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I, I just like can't do it. Stuff on the I, but I prefer the documentary stuff because yeah. I like facts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the fat queen. <laughs> so, um, and that is one of the things that we were discussing before we started was like all of your your traits that we've kind of put together now and technically it's autism. Yeah. Because there's sensory processing. Um, you know, you've always suffered with your nerves and all of that kind yeah. of thing. Um, there's social anxiety and the difficulties with social, socialising yeah. and yeah. kind of, yeah. you know, there's been times of having panic attacks in on the way home from school like yeah, school run yeah, and stuff yeah, like that yeah. I, get overwhelmed. Very, I, I get very overwhelmed when loads of people talk to me yeah <laughs> which isn't which is weird because I used to be a barmaid and and I could talk to anybody yeah yeah but especially since having kids and being more well, basically being a mother I suppose mm-hmm. like my anxiety definitely goes up with my kids because I'm always worried 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's just being a mum. Yeah, the, the natural mum guilt and yeah. the mum worry that you're Oh, mum guilt is awful. It's the worst <laughs> thing in the world. Shouldn't be allowed. Because <laughs> um, this is one of the, the things is that autism is hereditary and it will run in families or it will have patterns and you'll see it kind yeah, of arise. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely like, there's definitely a pattern in my side of the family and there's yeah. a side, there's um, Asperger's on yeah. so... Yeah, so. we don't use the term Asperger's because we don't yeah, want sorry, someone. Sorry, he was diagnosed as that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was his diagnosis back in the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's where a lot of confusion does come in, doesn't it? Because yeah. there's lots of different terms, yeah. and people say, "Do you say an autistic person or a person with terms autism?" Are changing and, yeah, different and terms. The politically correctness of what you should be using and should be saying. Mm. Um, it can make it really hard to talk about because it puts you on edge, and you think don't want to offend anybody or get, yeah, it, get it saying wrong. the right thing yeah, like, yeah no, definitely. but yeah so the, the pattern in the families I mean one of the with our platform and with the education that we're trying to provide is that if there's somebody diagnosed in your family as autistic especially with the younger generations it is worthwhile having a look at yourself and, and yeah, those around you and definitely because understanding why you're sensitive to certain situations or overwhelmed in certain situations or even underwhelmed and you make small changes in your life and it can make you extremely happy yeah because of those things that were putting a block up in your life mm. that was making you anxious or overwhelmed yeah. and stuff like that so no I definitely agree with that and that's that's partly that awareness it's not that we're trying to say um everyone should be diagnosed autistic or anything like that but it's more that case of if your grandchild is autistic yeah then chances are that you you might have those traits or yeah. um your part your partner might or you yeah. you know yeah. your son your daughter you've got a friend auntie. who doesn't like any fruit or picky mm. f- like slimy things and you're yeah like, you've got a sensory issue yeah and i think the sensory thing <laughs> and then my brain starts ticking like is there any other treats <laughs> yeah sensory issues are kind of the quickest biggest ones to pick up on aren't yeah. they because yeah, people definitely. are flinching because everybody's got or... i think everybody's got sensory issues mm. i think there's always something that could like like my boy george for example he hates washing up the thought of putting his hands yeah, in dirty bit. water mm-hmm. Drives him insane yeah. to the point that he has to wear marigolds. What's your boy with marigolds? Yeah, this, I, this is something I come across with, with the students as well. And that the bits in the washing up bowl is a really common thing that yeah, I yeah. mentioned. I'm, I'm always like, man up! Oh. You can wash up! <laughs> I used to we do all, use that. all these yeah, chores. No, I, I, I used to do all these chores when I was a kid. You'll be all right. <laughs> well, it's, but the thing is, it's like put the marigolds on and do it with the marigolds on. You know, yeah. there's always a way around it. Oh, yeah. if you don't want to put your yeah. hands in there's the bowl, put a, the gloves yeah, on. Yeah, definitely. You know? Definitely, I agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, and the sensory thing, this is why on our website, the basic five senses, free guide to download, one of my most favourite ones to write and produce. Mm-hmm. And the reason we, we started with that is because it's almost the foundation, yeah. you know, to understanding how your body works. Because your senses are what creates everything around you. Yeah. You know, if they're all turned open, wide open and taking everything in and you're not actually batting any other way of filtering it, then you're going, going to suffer from overwhelm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Excellent. It's a weird one. Yeah, it is. It is we're all weird. This is what I like. Um, we are yeah. Different. We are different. So the question, what would you tell your younger self on, it doesn't have to be autism related, it could be on absolutely anything? Um, Probably... To never forget to laugh. Life is important. Laughing is the best medicine. Mm. Whenever I'm down, if I can laugh, I will always always feel better. So yeah, never forget to laugh. 
Don't forget to dance. <laughs> yeah. That's one of my biggest joys in life, washing up, putting the music on and just having a boogie. I swear I'm going to start a TikTok trend doing this. <laughs> it's a video of dancing. All the housewives and the mothers dancing to their favourite music while they're washing up. <laughs> it's going to be big, I'm telling you now. But no, joy, just laugh and dancing. Just don't forget that you can let loose and just be free sometimes. Because I'll I'd, I'd go for a walk and clear my brain and mm. when everything's overbearing. So, yeah, definitely find time for yourself to do things like that. Just be silly. Yeah, be silly. Yeah, just be silly. There's nothing wrong with being silly. Don't grow up. It's a trap. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Woo! So. That was a tough one. Yeah, it was a great answer. Absolutely fantastic answer. I always try. Yeah. So this whole episode is all about raising awareness of autism. And the, it's like you are the star of our show. <laughs> Is there anything that you, you know, we've kind of had a conversation, we've tried to cover some key points, we've brought in just a few. I mean, it's such a huge yeah. I mean, We could talk about it. Well, we do talk about it all night over yeah, regular, yeah, regular yeah, occasion. Yeah. No, definitely. Is there anything, and I mean, you're, if your brain's anything like mine, we'll cut off and then we'll be like, oh my God, yeah, I totally didn't say that. Like I needed to <laughs> say. Exactly around the spotlight. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, no, but the good thing is, if nothing's coming to mind, we've covered it. Yeah. Do you see yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's just that kind of final <laughs> chance of racking your brain. Um, I think we've covered it. Yeah. Because I, I was racking my brain before you said that. Yeah. And sometimes I like have a little shake around, but I've mentally covered everything. And I think, yeah, it's important to remember that um, autism's lifelong. It's not something that you grow out of. It's not something that should be seen as a disease that needs to be cured. They're still human beings. They still have feelings. Yeah. And the thing is, we say this, they are still human beings. We, as we understand autism more and more, yeah. are classed as being in yeah. the autistic community. Yeah. You know, and it's, I suppose, it's just that kind of the collective. Yeah, exactly. Has made us a good dance. You know, the music. Yeah. You know, like any other girl her age. It's breaking down. It's breaking down those. Um, She's barriers. going through the hormone changes as we speak. Yeah, I'm a teenager, and that's the thing that brings its whole new set of challenges. Anyway, never mind to, yeah. a, to oh, a girl yes. that's struggling oh, yes. with her not being able to communicate and things like that. Exactly, exactly. So, go on. I can't remember what word I was going to say. She's a. Uh... She's talked to her female changes really yeah. well. Yeah. Because that, that was one of your yeah, big fears, yeah. wasn't it? Oh, how was she? Gonna... Oh yeah, like periods and stuff like that. Yeah. I was like, oh, how's she going to handle this? But she's she's fine. She's yeah. like talked to it really well. Um, we did always say, don't we? Hopefully, because it's natural. She's also one that doesn't take pain relief. So yeah. when Esme's poorly or she has period cramps and stuff like that, she just suffers through it. Yeah, it's just and it's awful because I, I have to take everything to make me feel better. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So I do wish you could soothe her. Wish I could soothe her more, but. Um, I can only do as much as she allows it. Yeah, well, I think that she is so uh, totally lucky to have you as a because, <laughs> you know, I see what you do day in, day out, yeah. and it's like, it's, it's exhausting the small watching small achievements are the most rewarding. Yeah. Like, for years, when she was younger, she didn't kiss. Yeah. And uh, I remember the day she started kissing us again. Yeah. It was so good. It was like, mummy kiss, daddy kiss, mummy kiss, daddy kiss. Yeah. And it would just to and fro for ages, and she would thought it was absolutely hysterical. But we were like, You're finally kissing us, like yeah. it was a massive thing. And uh, a few few months back, she started hugging me, like giving me, she's like 
near enough for my yeah, heart now. Yeah. So it's amazing. She can give me a proper bear hug, and I love a bear hug. Yeah. <laughs> Sensory sleep. Yeah. Every time I get ready for bed and she's in her pajamas, she gives me a massive bear hug, and we do a, a different way of hugging each time. When, I, when she's got her arms wrapped around my neck, I, I pick her up. Yeah. <laughs> and she laughs her head off because I'm picking her up. I've picked her up about that much. <laughs> she, she's a big girl. It's very heavy. But that is one of the most beautiful things to see is as may be in outdoors. Yeah. She loves the sunshine. She loves the flowers. She blows off all the dandelions she mm. sees. She'll climb on every rock. Like She, she used to howl at the moon as well, yeah. didn't she? Oh, genuinely yeah. go outside and be connected to the moon in Oh, the my sky. God. She loved looking at the stars mm. and the moon. I, mm. I, I, I can't wait to be able to one day live out in the sticks for her to have all the space in the world yeah. and for her to be as loud as she wants. That's my dream. Yeah. <laughs> I just want her to have Just be her own... free and just be herself. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing, being herself isn't a problem to anyone. It's no. a problem when you take her out in public and everyone's staring at exactly. why is she that, reacting exactly. like this. Yeah, no, exactly. She don't do very well in public. Yeah. Like, but it kind of comes down to what we said before about what, how much of the traits are problematic yeah. to us. Yeah. How many of the traits are actually problematic yeah, exactly. to the way society is built rather exactly. than, you know, yeah. they're not actually a problem. Yeah, yeah. This is the thing, Esme's almost like my firstborn. She was like, you know, she's like <laughs> one of the longest that I've like kind of known and been, and I give my hammer downs to her. And yeah, now yeah. she's finally taller than me. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> she's finally overtook me where I can't she's give her my bigger clue. bigger feet than me and that's saying yeah. something. <laughs> <laughs> oh well it has been absolutely lovely That's having this chat I'll be back I'm yeah. sure <laughs> well, we'll, we'll have you back doing your uh, TikTok dancing at the one at day the, um, sink one day and doing the <laughs> one day I'll do it <laughs> but yeah we really really appreciate it because you know it's quite personal yeah. you've uh, let us just talk about your life um, I actually quite really enjoyed it. I good, really enjoyed it. It's good. Been a good conversation. And we hope that everyone out there has kind of gained something from it, whether it's a new perspective, um, a new bit of understanding. And if there's any questions, then of course, get in touch. You yeah. know, I'm yeah. sure you won't mind nope. answering answering any specific questions, especially if there's parents out there that are perhaps only just beginning their journey. Yep. It'll I'm really, going through um, it again, so yeah, definitely, and obviously, yeah. I can always try and help. Yeah, that'd be so, really good. <laughs> yeah, so thank you very much and um we'll see you next time. Yay. Good night. High five. Why? Why is it like this? Instead of hate, it should be love, we invite it. You don't agree, then you're the problem that we're fighting. Open up your mind, stand up, become righteous. Why? Why is it like this? Instead of hate, it should be love, we invite it. You don't agree, then you're the problem that we're fighting. Open up your mind, stand up, become righteous. Right, 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 right